Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Let's get Edinburgh behind us. Oh, it's gone. <laughs> Edinburgh's gone. Oh, that's nice. Hello, dear listener. It's running commentary and in uh, Paul Tonkinson's seat, Mark Watson. Yeah, not really a seat, is it? More of a sort of a... It's not well, a seat at all, is it? A seat that you that moves and that you have to power with your own legs. Yeah, we're yeah. standing. We're, we're not even standing up. Actually, we're running along. Okay. This is the first time I've, uh, you know, been in in the guise of Paul Tonkinson in all this time. Yeah, I'm and trying to think what to do. Uh, <laughs> summon stories of uh, military gigs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. Tell us that you drank two bottles of red wine yesterday. Oh uh, yeah, that. <laughs> I mean, that almost could be true actually <laughs> of me as well. Uh, Although at the festival, you sort of have to look after yourself a bit in the early stages. Yes, you uh, do. It's true. So that's the scene. It's uh, um, uh, Paul is in uh, Banff in Canada. Oh, I've been there. Happy holidays. Good. Very nice too. And yeah, me and Mark are on Edinburgh's Meadows uh, yeah, because the festival spotters. just beginning. And uh, yeah, I suppose. Did your show start yesterday? Uh, I've done two now, in fact. Ah. But I'm also producing and helping out with quite a lot of other people's shows in the year. Uh, well, thank you for fitting us in. Well, I mean, obviously it's not. Nice oh, to the see sun you. just came out. Yes, yeah, there'll be about 11 changes of weather in the Yeah, that's <laughs> Well, you shouldn't thank me, really, because it's. Uh, running's a very important part of how I uh, avoid going mad in uh, this environment. Not even mad in a bad way, you just get overstimulated by. Yeah, change, and when you say in this environment, you kind of mean Edinburgh and doing shows, but really I think that's true in, the, in the, a very large interpretation of that. Well, it's a noisy old world these days, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Actual noise and psychic noise and yeah. uh, the digital world sort of never stops or sleeps. So, yeah, I think that's right. That's running's one of the few things you can do where... I mean, you can stop and check your phone, but basically everyone has to leave you alone for a bit while you do Yeah, that. that's <laughs> right. And I think, uh, I think when you say it like that, it makes me realise that I think it's, uh, it's more, it's, it's, that's been exacerbated in the modern world. Like, running has always been a, uh, a, a break away from life and a, 
something that's healthy for your mental health as well as your physical health. Yeah. But now, because of the absolute relentlessness of modern existence, for it's sure. actually supercharged. Yeah, I think it's um, the space never, to never been a more important time to have uh, some sort of hobby that switches you off from stuff. Yeah, yeah. The amount of stuff and your access to stuff is uh, yeah. quite a lot, isn't it? And, uh, yeah, I find it um, very valuable in that regard. I mean, yeah, I think I've always sort of... Uh, in fact, I don't even... I've often seen you do really uh, post really good playlists and stuff, but I've almost always run without music even. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. just uh, the silence of it and the hearing my own breathing and stuff is a big part of it for me. Yeah, and absolutely. Also noticing noticing the sights and sounds around. Yeah, me. well, as I said before, the funny thing about the sights and sounds thing, I sometimes uh, feel it necessary to explain is I think the way my brain works, I need impetus to enjoy the sights and sounds. Yeah, and the music like, uh, powers that. Yeah, exactly. It yeah, basically lifts that. me up out of my physical self I, I and puts me that. in my head and then gets me out my eyes. <laughs> it might be that I'm often listening this, to These music, dancers, uh, this is sorry, classic at yes, the moment. There's people it'd be doing confusing listening <laughs> in some ways, this, because we're going to pass quite a lot of people doing quite a lot of weird things. Yeah, they were doing kind of like a slow dance on the edge of the meadows. It's great. Yeah. And in many ways, the fringe, you know, is pretty much as people imagine it in that everywhere you go someone is either juggling something or doing some sort of dance yeah it's beautiful isn't it it's pretty it's exciting I think to be part of it intoxicating and I was here last year uh, but it was much smaller yeah business all around the year before of course nothing at all so it's very very uh, it's very fun to be back in with this mad, mad I think this right ear one has maybe slipped off the ear oh let me have a look um, I, I think your hair is uh, oh yeah that's getting lower and lower I hope we can hear you yeah it's only happened in the past couple of minutes I think not even a couple of minutes well I will say you know I don't want to pass comment or anything but it seems to me that you've got big hair and small ears yeah, I think that is probably true on both counts and Tonkinson doesn't have big hair by any, by any stretch no no so and his ears are perfect. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's not the first time I've had this. Sometimes when you do TV, you have to wear those little in-ear things that people can talk to you on. And I've never, they never seem to stay in my ear. I also don't use those little AirPods or anything. I have to have big headphones that you clamp on. Oh, that's the thing. Yeah, Although yeah. That's partly, a, that's partly a music snob sort of thing, I think. I still feel like the sound quality is better. Or yeah, maybe. You probably sandwich your head in. Or, or maybe it's just more immersive. I think I like, but that again, you'd look odd running with a sort of vintage pair of sand houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It always makes you think of the bit in the Marx Brothers film. Yeah, it's great. I think it's my favourite Marx Brothers film. It's the one where they all stow away. It's got the fantastic scene where they just keep letting people into the into the room and ordering food. Oh, right, yeah. Sure. So there's loads and loads of people. It all bursts out. But the other um, great scene is they all they nick Maurice Chevalier's um, passport. And then all try and use it to get through passport right, control. Yeah. So like handing it back to each other. And when it gets to Harpo Marx, he's got a, a gramophone record hidden on his back. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can picture that. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, it's, uh, did you sometimes see it? You see people with like those Beats headphones. Or you see some people who are sufficiently cool that they can run around with massive... Massive uh, cans on, but yeah. I think, I think the, me, it's a lovely uh, uh, book drop, but on the cover art for my book, the lovely uh, uh, by me called the Saul oh, yeah. Bass style thing, I'm wearing, or the runner yeah. depicted is wearing these massive headphones. Yes, I remember. And I wish I, I could live up to that. Hi. 
Happy like, Edinburgh. You, you, you get Rigstock, you get Paris. Yeah, that's right. You but just it, get the sort of thing in Edinburgh. I was just going to say that's the thing about coming back and everything is seeing people who kind of shift for us on a sliding scale of close personal friends to legends. I mean, of course, we're now in a situation where there are lots of people you really like but just haven't seen for three years. Yeah. But even before the pandemic, it was a noted feature of the fringe that it was sometimes the only place that you did to catch up with yeah. a huge number of people. Even yeah. if you like the pace that life goes at, you can pretty easily not see someone or have a drink with them for a, I'm not really... You know, I mostly tour yeah. on my own. I don't really do any circuit gigs and stuff like that. So, yeah, a year can slip by. Yeah. And you run into someone here and think, oh, when did I last see you? And it'll turn out it was that spot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Pretty much exactly. exactly a year ago. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, I think maybe, I don't know, we don't know other people's experience, but it's probably an issue for grown-ups very much exacerbated by our uh, career choices. And like you say, Yes, once you've got you kids jump. and you are travelling for enormous chunks of the year, you, uh, yeah, your social life, it is... And it's one of the reasons that comedians, well, not all of them by any stretch, but for those of us who do love the fringe, it's partly because it is a sort of instant catch-up on about 90 people's lives yeah, that you like, absolutely. but you just haven't got space for. And I, did, I went to see uh, old, old friends for, uh, I'm only up for a couple of days, I went to see old, old friends for dinner on the uh, day before yesterday, and I'd never been to their house before, and I said, this is a nice house, how long have you lived here? And they were like, 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> I think once you get into the 40s, <laughs> most things turn out to be about 10 years ago, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, me and my wife always use the phrase two or three years ago. Right, right, yeah. It hides a multitude of sins. It can be anywhere up to 22 or so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the, uh, it's the oldest of cliches, I suppose, but it is remarkable how units of time just appear differently in your brain as you get older. Oh, yeah. Five years seems like absolutely nothing. Yeah, completely. Whereas, and uh, and yeah. then you see, um, uh, what, what, what age what of your, uh, your progeny at this stage? Uh, a 12 and an 8 at this stage. Yeah, so, so you're kind of out of it. I was, I was looking at um, toddlers in, in the summer holidays, toddlers and young kids, kids under five. You look at them trying to channel their energy because yeah. the way they start the day... They're like the, the absolute monarchs of, of, of the universe. Yeah. And, and part of that is that the day is everything. It's going to yeah. be a long day. The morning is everything. Right? Today I'm going to do this. I'm going to wear yeah, these you, clothes. I'm going to see this friend. Even as you say that, I have a quite strong memory of pushing my kid uh, in a pram over pretty much this exact stretch of the meadows about yeah, 10 yeah. years ago yeah, and right. uh, when he was two. And as you say, those days... Uh, Hi, they sorry. really are extremely long <laughs> and distracting yeah exactly because they start early yeah days days, and of course if you're a festival performer you, uh, you're also going on pretty late so it's a quite jarring moment when you think oh hang on my fringe day ended at one in the morning but it's now <laughs> six in the morning and here we are again <laughs> yes. and a, a month of that and you uh you have gone mad, basically. Yeah, yeah, it breaks you. But yeah. luckily, you tend to be fully recovered by mid to late November. Yeah, yeah. Ready to go around the camp. Yeah, you can just about face Christmas when that comes around. <laughs> I remember that as well. I remember the, the first couple of, well, the first several years with kids. Uh, Christmas Day was suddenly unbelievably long. <laughs> because you don't really want it starting at six in the morning a lot. Of no, much. but the other side of that is... The incredible magic of being able to introduce all those things that you think of as being such cliches to mock that everyone knows, to actually introduce them as gospel oh, for true. the first time. Seeing, seeing kids 
get into the idea of Christmas oh. is absolute magic. It's, it's well worth it. It's absolutely being. incredible. That's and you get because you're responsible. You realise that you become the, Yeah, you curate it. You're the curator and the arbiter of Christmas. Yeah, you hand some, it to them and they're like, what? There's some joke about it. Isn't it? Like, first you believe in Father Christmas, then you don't believe in Father Christmas, then you are Father Christmas. <laughs> and the third stage of that is uh, it's, it's a quite fun. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. Of course, then there's a fourth bit where Nobody's Father Christmas anymore because oh. your kids have spoken to other kids in school. <laughs> but it's a nice couple of years. Well, my wife is very strong on this. She said, uh, it's about when do you tell them, when do they find out? Because you basically, you play Christmas and then gradually everyone catches on. Yeah, it sort of looks like doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so you just play Christmas. Just keep playing the way it goes. Yeah, my older one had a great time being in the know and... Keeping his sister in the dark about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, lovely. There came a point where he wore that power too heavily and dropped more and more hints. <laughs> no, to, uh, yeah, stop Because he was so smug about being <laughs> the one in the know. <laughs> That's not ideal. It's like, I do think sometimes, I get philosophical at this partly, I think, because I watched the film Con Air the other day. Ah, yeah. Sometimes. That will do it. We have to, yes, I mean, that's, that's a mind bender, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's like doing a philosophy exam. But I do think we worry a lot about whether things are silly and ironic or true and real and sometimes they're, they're just both yeah that's right or neither or whatever you like yeah because why not exactly it's reality just is what it is why do, it yeah. just is what it is why, why, why decide yeah so we've, we've actually while we've been talking we've crossed the bit with all the uh, fringe performers and dancers and famous people turned left yeah we're not surrounded by actual members of the public yeah real people real people which is great. I didn't. I forgot there were so many of them here. Some of them possibly not even going to the festival, just going and doing jobs. What? Or pursuing other activities. What? What? Well, I'm just. I'm extrapolating. I mean, I see two people walking away from the the main festival precincts. I can't imagine what they think. They're they're just, I think they're lost. They must be confused. Yeah. <laughs> I've just been working on something in the uh, fringe venue, summer hall, ah, which yeah. is always fantastically chastening for the comedian because you will occasionally see a, a name you know, like John Hegley's on there, I think. But there's basically but, hundreds of accomplished artists. That you are total strangers to you. Yeah, because they yeah. Got, because it's really nothing to do with comedy. Yeah, and you're like this is the whole. It's like the the upside down the mirror fringe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's full of it's full of appreciative patrons of theatre and art who also don't know who you are or care. Yeah, and they've and also spent loads of money and got their posters and everything. But if we walk around there trying to say hello to people, we won't know anyone. Yeah, it's funny. It's a bit us. like that. Uh, it's a bit like that on those things where. You zoom out and out and out from a picture of the earth until it's just a speck. And the <laughs> sometimes you are reminded at the fringe that even though your show is the centre of your universe, you're still only a tiny cog in a gigantic machine. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. of course, you zoom out from the map of the UK and you're reminded that 99% of people in the country don't even know the fringe is happening. Oh, that's amazing, <laughs> isn't it? I was talking to... Uh, oh, it was uh, comedian Ed Axel years ago. Ah, I remember Ed, yeah. And he worked with, uh, with my brother in what... In, I don't know if Ed still does what the other job he did. My brother doesn't, but basically it was to do with uh, Ed worked for a bank or something. Yeah, he was and one of those comedians that were good at it, but perfectly happy just getting on with an actual job. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and it, just lots of people worrying about money. And, and it was although it's always been expensive to come to the French. Um, I, I think that it was cheaper then. Yeah. And people were talking about the expense of it and losing money and da da da. And Ed Axel was saying, Hi, I saw your brother the other day. And we were talking about just the, the figures. You know, it wasn't their money, but they were talking about exchanges of money. And neither yeah. Ed or my brother are top. Yeah, they're not hedge fund managers, you know? Yeah. And uh, they're just saying there's people here sitting in this artist bar going, I think I'm going to lose 900 pounds. And he's on the phone like the day before saying, Yeah, well, that's going to be. 
15 million. You know, yeah, it's you can lose 25,000 pounds with one press of the button. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's and true. It's all context, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, the uh, it's just up here that I'm staying. Actually, very nice part. Meadowlark. Do you do yoga at Meadowlark Yoga? Oh, I haven't yet. Actually, I think. Uh, yeah, my uh, partner got me into yoga uh, fairly recently as a sort of compliment to running because it's good for you, you know. Yeah, yeah. Elasticity and stuff like that, but I don't ever do it, done it in the uh, in the privacy of my own home. I don't think I'm up to bending around in front of other people. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I've done both, and I prefer the uh, at home version. Yeah, I think that the sort of contortions that are involved. I don't think I I went on a long uh, road trip with Henning. Yeah, a few years ago, uh, Henning Vane, it was a TV show, went around South America, and uh, Henning, I was racing to find places to run wherever I could. Yeah. Henning um, was a huge advocate of yoga, certainly right. at the time, I don't know if he is now, I think he still is. And, uh, I think he's still in one of the poses. Yeah. I think he's been in downward yeah. dog ever since. for 17 days, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he, uh, he was very... Uh, you know, you'd come out and you'd just be doing a yoga pose out, uh, like against the wall of the hotel, or yeah, you'd yeah. just snap into yoga pretty much wherever we were. This, the other this way that someone else would have a snack. Yeah, that's and I was great. amazed by it, but I also didn't think I could quite uh, do you it. He would have yoga the way some other people would have yoga. Precisely. <laughs> it's nice to have some sort of a, something approaching a punchline, isn't it? Well, I don't know whether I talk like this all the time, whether it's social, whether it's the fact that I'm in Edinburgh not doing it. No. The number of attempts at jokes of all <laughs> kinds of quality I've done since I've got here, I think it's been high even for me. No, I think the atmosphere just does bring it out of you. Even <laughs> yeah. if you're not doing a show, you, right. you're sort of... Uh, you're on. You're on. It infects you. Yeah. 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 But you know that you're not being reviewed, I suppose. It's only in your own head that the, yeah, that's the jokes right. come off badly. So we're about to uh, reach our start point. Which, what do you reckon? Should we go around again? Yeah, I reckon I've got another one of those. What, it's probably... A, a couple of Ks so far. Oh, I can tell you how far we've got. We have. That's the number four, the magic of the app. Not that I didn't have the phone in my pocket. So it's a mile and a half. So if you go around again, that'll be three miles, uh, three which miles is five Ks. 5K. That's perfect. It's perfect. It is, really. It's as if it was designed for us to plot. So around. let's talk running. How many... Because uh, I think the last time you came on the show, you were training up for Berlin. Yes, and that was to be my only marathon to date. Um, I mean, it's interesting. I was thinking about it the other day. Uh, when we were chatting about doing this, in fact, because I, yeah, I had the same memory of talking to you about. It. So at that point, I was doing a, what with hindsight seems an extraordinary amount of running, <laughs> yeah. uh, and the training culminated up here, really, because it's in September. But yeah, yeah, I've had, um, I've had the same thing. It's and it, it, there's a weird kind of balance of who we are and what we do when you do that. Because like we were yeah. saying earlier on, you get that escape of running away from all the thrills and responsibilities of doing the Edinburgh Festival. But on the other hand, you also spend your days running, yes. looking after kids and doing loads of shows. And you're like, this is brilliant, this is brilliant. Yeah. I remember being on this very spot. I was coming back in a cab to my flat on the corner there with the uh, wonderful uh, Janice Connolly, Barbara Nice. Ah, uh, yeah. And I was telling her, I was saying, it's brilliant. I've been training. I did this play. I've done these shows. By the end of the festival, I've done over 90 gigs. And she said, I was really chuffed with it, really sort of celebrating this wonderful festival. And she said, well, don't have a nervous breakdown. <laughs> yeah. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. 
so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And, uh, Sometimes you need someone to say that to you, yeah, don't you? it hadn't even crossed my mind. No. She wasn't wrong. It's, it's true. You do uh, you pack an amount into a day, an average day at the fringe, which seems... Uh, literally unbelievable to, and people come up and visit and just can't really believe the way that you're living yeah yeah <laughs> um, and that's actually what made me think that I could train well I finished the, the train I partly the training tapers off a bit doesn't it but I did I did the longest runs uh, in this month and I sort of thought uh, I think we might have talked about this when I you know on the podcast five years ago I thought um it's mad to be going for 18 mile runs, but on the other hand, in Edinburgh, everything you do is sort of mad. Yeah. And uh, plus, the weather was, as always, sort of optimal for doing incredibly long runs. Uh, and it's, there are lots of beautiful long runs here. So yeah, it's an incredible place to run. It was. And the part of my, yeah, part of what drew me to the September marathon was knowing it was a hot old, a hot old June and July running around London. And then this was the nice bit of the training, really. Uh, and the marathon itself was, um, it's interesting. I, I, I do look back on it as, uh, one of the great sort of, uh, yeah, one of the great experiences of my life, really. But I've, I've not really felt compelled to revisit. <laughs> well, maybe it's, we were talking about this because I did this um, uh, ultra. Did uh, yes, indeed, I sponsored. We both did it yeah. actually. Yeah, and um, the thing is that everyone was saying, "What are you going to do next? You're into ultras now." And you know, I don't know what I'll do next. I keep an open mind. But the concept, the reason I go back to it is because. People always talk about having unfinished business. And when you did your yes. Berlin Marathon, what you had was finished business. I think that is it. I, I didn't Closure. Have a particularly fast, particularly impressive time or anything, but I felt, it's, yeah, I felt such enormous relief crossing the finish line. Yeah, having, yeah. Having sort of yearned for that feeling for a long time. Yeah, and um, worked towards it. So even though I, and I mean, it was pretty painful and unpleasant for quite a lot of it, but. Oh, yeah. Um, but I do feel that. I feel enormous pride looking back. But yeah, I, I think I think it's exactly what you say. It's finished business. I feel like um, having another go at it might somehow taint that memory. Yeah, yeah. Although also it's just about it's just about logistics as much as anything. Yeah, of I'm course. Sure that, this comes up quite a bit in the podcast, but it's a fucking lot of running to get ready for a marathon. Yeah, that's right. I don't quite know how in my life there was space for it then, but I definitely don't feel like it. Whereas a half marathon... 
is a nice sort of distance, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. You can kind of factor it in. If you're a regular runner, yeah. you can factor it into uh, real life. Now, I think we've got quite a lot of uh, um, listener runners at the moment who are training for autumn marathons. Maybe it's partly because the London Marathon is in autumn again this year. Of course, it's uh, flipped around. <laughs> yeah, I think it goes back next year. But right, at yeah. the moment, there's people... Just, I think you can be a very regular, committed runner who hasn't done a marathon and then you commit to a marathon training schedule and it's not about the I mean a lot of it is, it's obviously your training but you expect it to be difficult for there to be long runs yeah. it's kind of keeping up yeah it was yeah. Like, how am I going to do my training when I'm on holiday yeah I thought well, this was a 16 week plan and mm. I uh, for about 13 weeks I did pretty much do what it told me but then again with the, with the fringe and everything I, I'd replace most of the uh, official program of it was just like fine I'm just going to do loads of running <laughs> yeah yeah that's I, right if anything though I I reckon I didn't quite do enough I did a couple of 19 20 miles uh, yeah. up here but maybe not quite enough because uh, you felt that last uh, leg yeah, the final yeah also I don't know really why but the the legendary wall it happened to me quite just shortly after halfway only about 50 also the wall in 15. Berlin is particularly legendary yeah, really is, yeah. Here he is again. Yeah, it was. Uh, I can't believe I'm not doing a show. Uh, World famous, uh, <laughs> painful landmark. The yeah, yeah, Wall. yeah. I don't think at any point that joke occurred to me as I was <laughs> clutching my chest and. Uh, <laughs> I, so I think you um, needed David Hasselhoff to sing to you to remind you. Yeah, it was. It was uh, I sort of would have loved the wall to be torn down at about mile sixteen. I can. I think it was um, the first half. Felt like quite a breeze, and I. Uh, Maybe did mentally oh, let myself go a bit faster than I thought. And yeah. Also, it got really hot. That was the main problem. It started at half past nine in the morning or something, and it was quite pleasant for running. But by noon, I'd say it was anything but pleasant. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, because I'd never done a marathon, even though I knew how long it would take, I'd not mentally factored in the idea that... Um, You'd still be out in the noon days. It become much more uncomfortable as it yeah, went on. Yeah. For, I went for a run yeah. on one of the hot days, you know, when it was really hot. And I went out early to record well, the podcast. And I thought, well, it's okay. It's 28 degrees. I mean, it's hot. But, yeah. you know, I can, I've run in this heat before. Yeah. And I went out. Anyway, I, think I, went out. I didn't go out for that long. And by the time I came home, it was 33 degrees. Yeah, that is so a this difference. Is, isn't this, it? Yeah, that's right. That's not the same. Yeah, I think uh, the Berlin one maybe started at sub 20, but it was sort of late 20s by the time I finished it. And you really do. Uh, I, remember, I remember passing a church or something. And, the bells tolled for midday. Yeah. And it started to strike me that even though I had been running for a very long time, I still was going to be running for a, a very long pretty time. long time. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was getting an awful lot warmer every minute. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> you found out that those bells tolled for thee. I did feel as if they were tolling specifically for me. Even though, <laughs> well, but I do... Um, yeah, I'm doing the Great North Run next month. Oh, and, uh, yeah. I've not even done a half for quite some time. I was going to say, have you done any or many events since... Yeah, not for a couple of years. I did, yeah. I did do a handful of half marathons after the... Uh, well, after, after the marathon itself, I didn't do very much at all for a while. But then, uh, Fair enough. when the dust settled, I did. I took on a few half marathons. And I, um, yeah, as you say, if you're in decent running shape, you can sort of do that on not too much notice. Um, and it's, uh, plus after a marathon, 
a mere 13 miles doesn't seem like that big a problem. That's right, it's, it's the concept, isn't it? <laughs> and also, if it's not too long after the marathon, that's one of the nice things about training in fitness is, particularly if you train for something you've never done before, is once your body's learnt it, it's yeah. there. You can lose that fitness and you can get it back. It's true. You like, never yeah. have to build it for the first time. It's true. Now, even into my 40s, I do feel like uh, I was probably still in the... Well, I'm not as fit as I was uh, in the run-up to that marathon, but I'm still probably, broadly speaking, in the best shape that I've been running-wise because, yeah, it does feel as if you bank some of that work. And yeah, it, and yeah. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't go away. I mean, Have you done the Great North Run before? Yeah, I did do it a few years ago. It was... Um, well, the, they mention it quite a bit on their own publicity, but it's a big one. Uh, <laughs> the, yeah. the number of people was staggering. Uh, yeah. Just, uh, well, it is. It's, the, it's the, uh, that part of Britain's equivalent to the London Marathon, isn't it? It's, uh, it's just a huge event that everyone has a relationship with. Yeah. And as such, I love that because it does transcend running. For I think sure. if you're the kind of person who runs in the same way that people who run marathons for time go to London Marathon and go, oh, it's just full of people and people cheering <laughs> yeah. people. And they're people all in the way. Dressed as rhinos. Yeah. And, and, and the Great North Run is like that. You know, there's people who say, people who do the Great North Run, people, people who do it once in life, people who do it every year. There's and a guy that doesn't it holding a fridge every year. Yeah. There's, there's that, yeah. And they don't, it doesn't matter that it's a half marathon. It is, that is the size of the event, but it isn't, it doesn't sure. capture the For nature sure. of the event. In fact, I remember um, my time was uh, slightly slower than I'd, I'd been accustomed to in a half marathon. I realised about three miles out that it was literally that I just couldn't get up much faster because there's always people there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was only in that final stretch as you approach the beach and stuff. I thought I felt like I had a surprising amount of gas left, and it was because yeah. I'd mostly been jogging behind people just as rhinos. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's a Have joy to that. I love it. I nearly always yeah, run on my own. Yeah, great. And um, so to be part of something, even the atmosphere on the train. The night before coming up, yeah, yeah, loads of people like visibly pumped for it. All of it, the uh, people in the hotel, I, I, I love all that. Yeah, there were um, there were well, uh, people in the to... Berlin hotel that were obviously there for them. And again, you get chatting to them. It's yep. it's great. The sense of shared purpose is uh, yes. I, I said this. I recently wrote about this recently. It's like running is. Uh, I, mean, I won't be the first person to point it out, but it is a um, something like a marathon or, or any public running event is great metaphor for how there are always people better than you and worse than you at everything. Right? <laughs> yes. Unless you're yeah, unless you're an elite athlete and trying to win it or something, you're basically just in that you're always going to be somewhere in the middle of a throng, yeah. really. And the I level that levels it off nicely and puts you yeah. where you should be, which exactly. is your only comparison is with yourself. Exactly. I find it a very liberating thing about running that it really doesn't matter how well you do it other yeah. than to you. And uh, yeah, I, I like I mean, when I watch people do Olympic marathons or you know any sort of actual competitive marathons, you think this must be pretty grueling, really? Because yeah, I wouldn't want to race someone for 23 miles. <laughs> <laughs> no. Just about, and it must be even more like that with ultras because the time becomes totally irrelevant. I yeah, and also exactly, you're not you're just there's three steps to that. One, psychologically, it's really not about pace; it's about getting to the end and even yeah. in terms of doing it quickly that's about maintaining pace you yeah. maintain pace by going slow by yeah. walking up the hills and then yeah. the other thing is there's people there the one we did there's people there doing different distances there's people with massively different everything from you know running at a decent trot for 12 hours to yeah. straight to doing half of that or walking all the way. Or, yeah. And everyone, of course, is massive. So it's completely democratic because yeah. everyone's got a giant challenge ahead. Plus, everyone yeah. starts at different times. 
So right, even if there's someone out the there yeah. who's got roughly the same thing going on as you, chances of them being next to you. With them, yeah. no, so it's very... Uh, yeah, it is a, it's a lovely thing. There aren't that many <laughs> events I can think of where the sense of a collective goal like that is so strong. Like yeah. You're really it's all it's willing other people on as you go along. Absolutely. You're all definitely on, on the same team playing the same game. And it is, it's like... Uh, well, there's something in it, is there? Something about humanity, because it's when you get to those events, because it's like being in a shoal of fish. You're all together, you're all doing the same thing, but you're all totally individual. Yeah, exactly. Know? Yeah, it's a running long distance, like long distance events are an absolutely perfect blend of the intensely personal and the yeah. communal sort of thing. Yeah. That's right, and as you get further and further on, as it gets physically harder, you come, you bump right up against that. You kind of, you on the one hand, you're very much in your own head. You go into a kind of tunnel of, I don't know, uh, doubt or discomfort or whatever. But on the other hand, you kind of slough off a, 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 a skin of kind of civilization. Yeah, you can say to a total stranger, I think I'm going to cry. Yeah, and they'll say, you're all right, mate. You will just yell, keep going at someone. Yeah, that, that absolutely. Looks like they can't, and, and they'll and they'll cry because you did. Yeah, it won't make you <laughs> yell it, but you say it as kindly as you can. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's lovely. There are some. I have many memorable, oh, many nice memories. Sorry, sorry. Of, uh, listeners may be aware we keep straying into bike lanes, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> cyclists are not typically delighted to see runners in the, no. in the lanes. Are they? No. Um, yeah, I do. I do. That's what I'll always. Um, that's what I'll always have about it. I remember crossing the finish line. And actually, that's interesting. The time, the finish time became less and less relevant to me. The final few miles, I was thinking, well, you're not actually going to stop running altogether. So whenever this happens, this is going to happen. And it's going to yeah, feel yeah, amazing. Yeah. And when you could see the finish line, it really was, uh, yeah, properly emotional moment. I did feel moved for myself, but also the people around me. I remember, I remember um, crossing the line and just holding on to a like railings or something, uh, euphoric, really, knackered, but euphoric. Uh, woman, the steward asked, are you all right? I said, yeah, I just, quite an overwhelming feeling. Uh, and I started trying to articulate without much breath what it was feeling like. And then a, a woman came as the next person in the line and uh, just was sick all over the place immediately. <laughs> yes. And that did sort of, it punctured the poetry at the moment a bit. It's but very it's also much a, a scene of, um, of joy and vomitus. It really it? was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the nice thing for that is, sorry to say it, but also people being sick, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Like, like it was in the, in, the, in the funnel at the end of the New York Marathon and it was quite, it was raining and there was foil blankets and it didn't feel like a, Particularly joyous place. Yeah. <laughs> so like your mind is quite a bit of work. It's anyway, quite tough. Like admin wise. And uh, and uh, in we came, and there was this one guy just really, you know, it, it was it was funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how how it obviously wouldn't have been funny for him, and I I can only no. apologise, but but there is just hilarious the noise he was making. There's something so human about it. On the one hand, it's this massive noble pursuit of a, a quest. On the other hand, you've got people just going off for a poo in a bush or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You see, you see people at the most, uh, at the most impressive and the most vulnerable yeah, all in the one highs shot. Highs and lows. And highs again, there's not that many things I can think of that I like that. Really. And that, you know, that we, it, this is a bit of a theme for today. Um, John Dunn's for whom the bell tolls. Because uh, we always thought it would be. Yeah. yeah, no man is an island unto himself, and we're all part of humanity. That's what we're saying about being in a race. Precisely. But yeah. what John Dunn didn't have was the puking and the pooing. True. And I he think he missed that opportunity. He also didn't have uh, 
He didn't have a round the year calendar of organised marathons. I no, I don't no. remember him doing any runs. He'd have, uh, well, if he could see something the marathon, he'd say, yeah, there you go. That's what my poem's about, mate. <laughs> I told you. I just didn't know this was the way it was going to happen. And it's true. I mean, it's, again, easy to, uh, it's easy to overthink these things. But I do think, given how isolated people feel often and how uh, sort of fragmented and weird our culture becomes over time, uh, spending those four hours or two hours or whatever in the company of 20,000 strangers and just all feeling something in near silence like that is, is quite, there aren't too many. It's the equivalent for me of, I don't know, people get the same thing by maybe tracking in the Andes or something, but uh, anything where you, anything where you went out specifically to try and have a spiritual experience, I think would maybe not land yeah. with me. Whereas finding some sort of spiritual feelings by accident in the middle of something is... yes. Uh, is what you want, yeah. Yeah, maybe it's something to do with our comfort. I'm going to go full philosophical here. I'm going to hazard a guess. But maybe it's something to do with our, particularly as comedians, we have very healthily gone out into the world wanting to uh, have a dialogue, you know? Yeah. We face the world, we talk to people, they talk back to us. And that's interesting. You can really grow and find things out. But what you're doing then is you're looking away from yourself. And in these events... You're running forward. You're all together. Yeah. You're all going in the same direction, but you're not. You're still being sent back into yourself. You're yeah. all. All the arrows are going the same way. Yeah, that's right. Sometimes the silence in your head is very noticeable. Yeah. In the long run. I remember my very first running event, and I'd always had headphones, and I never run with friends at that point. So, but I took my headphones out because it's the first time in running with other people. So I thought, oh, we'll see what's happened. I joined a party, get the vibe. Literally years of Edinburgh, and, like talking to people in the street and stuff, you know, and uh, set off. Took my headphones out to see what the vibe was. And the vibe was a thousand people running next to me. And I could hear all their feet. And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is not a party. Yeah, it's I'm not, not going to go around with canapes. No, it's very interesting. There are those moments in every run uh, like that, a half marathon even, where maybe you go under a bridge or something and uh, the breathing of everyone else is amplified. Yeah. And maybe you're nine miles in and... And you do stop and think, yeah, wow, we're all basically doing this. Uh, <laughs> also, there's no denying it. However much warmth you feel towards your fellow runners and uh, supportiveness towards them, seeing someone like, hearing someone that's in much more pain than you does sort of give you a bit of a lift in, in a weird <laughs> way. You think, well, it doesn't feel great, but well, I'm, yeah, also I'm gives not, you as bad, well, not, not as bad as, it's just more, I wouldn't want to be in that guy's shoes. Yeah, that's right, you feel for them. But I always think it, it's, uh, it's chasing, isn't it? I had that in the Brighton Marathon when I decided to stop and walk and a young, fit guy had collapsed on the side of the thing. I was like, there, but for the grace of God, go I. There's know? also that. There is a, it is always in your head, but <laughs> I remember on the morning of the Berlin Marathon, a friend of mine who is not a runner, uh, texted me and said I mean good luck I know you this has been an ambition for you for some time but and she didn't mean this unkindly or to discourage her but she says I just kind of feel like it's not really something your body should be asked to do <laughs> <laughs> like right it's a bit late now Sarah I've been uh, signed up for this for six months but anyway thank you yeah. good, good tip not timely <laughs> that did go through my head a few times during the, uh, the run can you don't have a nervous break when you see these people doing 50 or 100 miles of average you do sort of think yeah, we weren't exactly built for this. <laughs> We've decided to do this. Yeah, yeah. Mind you, that's uh, it's nice once you've done it a bit. It comes back to what you were saying about the fitness we keep from this stuff. And I, I don't know about you, but I find this, even as someone who's done a 
serious amount of running, running and got really into it. I still don't think I fit the model of a, uh, of a, a runner. Yeah. And yet, and then whenever I sort of complain about it, like I was dissing my own uh, gait, classic finish line thing the other day. I came in the finish line. I tried to do a last turn of speed. I, I pictured myself like Tom Cruise. And then uh, a friend had a video of me coming over the finish line. And here I was doing the Lambeth Walk. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was just dissing myself for this. And someone said, yeah, but that... That Lambeth Walk body had just completed the event. Precisely. So, you yeah. Know, yeah, I think um, there's certainly no... Uh, yeah, again, I think in the course of a long race or something, you do lose your vanity about what you look like or whether you appear to be elegant or anything. Because, yeah, yeah basically, you just want those numbers go down. I remember t- talking to you before, Berlin, about the fact that the distances had been in kilometres rather than miles, so you passed quite a lot of kilometres. Yeah, yeah, quite which, I, which bothered me. I, again, yeah. I kind of made my piece of this on the ultra because it was in kilometres, and yeah, and of course that way you're getting more, so it's great news. But I didn't like that. It my is strange. Yeah, three point two nine. Perfect, so over, over a five k. Yeah, yeah, lovely. Yeah, nicely done. Doesn't yeah. A couple of times on here it doesn't really feel like a five. Oh, it feels a very little effort because it's so nice. It's such a nice place to yeah to run right. in. I, and yeah. company. I, I, this is yeah. Feels like to what you're saying. I I, uh, I do need to listen, run with it. The need is strong. I can run without headphones, but it takes a while to tune into myself and to yeah. get into that um, philosophical, spacious, see the birds and trees uh, headspace. And I just find that I didn't realise at first, but the conversation is the same and it's instant. As yeah. Well. Because your body, yeah. the thing is, we I, I think evolved. Certainly, when you've got a, 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 even a really low level of fitness, we are evolved to to run without thinking about it. Yeah, because uh, we've been running away from stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, forever, that's I right. Suppose. Yeah. And so, if you can switch that on and then let it let it simmer, like turn away from it and like go, you know, it is like putting something on the hob and then going and sitting down and having a chat. It's isn't true, it? isn't it? And it's also, especially, people often say, you know, that uh, men, in particular, aren't great at just chatting and require some sort of activity (laughs) to be going on at the same time and it it is true it's uh just the process of running loosens you up to chat in a Damn way it, which, that's you know. That's incredibly true. I'm, d- d- I'm disastrous. I have not anyone say that so directly before. It's much easier when you're just already engaged in something else yeah, to yeah. start talking. Now I know why, why I took up the yo-yo, let alone the guitar. <laughs> yeah. All of it is to uh, bring some sort of social instincts to the fore. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, thank well, you so much for today. Nice. I'm just staying just around the corner this is perfect yeah, yeah great and uh, and have a good uh, have a good end with your show you're doing loads of shows but you're yeah you're I'm mostly on at nine o'clock yeah um, but then also I'm yeah I'm sort of helping out with shows all around the clock really but yeah I'm going to keep trying to do this at least every other day I think very it good it really does ground you in a way that almost nothing else that, does and you've got, even though it's a nice balance because you know from experience that training through to Berlin was good but you, you'll be alright for the Great North Run but you've got it there in September to keep you yeah I'm looking forward exactly little, yeah. Just, it does keep you honest I mean yeah you've got it but on the other hand 13 miles is not to be underestimated either. You, no, you no. do need to prepare uh, yeah, for yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> a lovely thing about a half marathon. Is that we, and uh, just to absolutely uh, make this clear, if anyone thought, wait a minute, wait a minute, half marathon is, a, is an event. That's the lovely thing about it is it's not nothing. No, you still feel c- quite a sense of accomplishment. Yeah, and you're going to come yeah. up against yourself out Especially there. Especially so. not having done it for a couple of years. I, I, it'll be the longest run I've done for quite some time. So yeah, I, I will be a bit nervous about it, which is exactly what you want, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, really? and it's the Great North Run, so it's uphill all the way. Yeah, but you don't have to do it very fast because there'll be a, like a giant panda or something yeah, in front of you exactly. the whole time. <laughs> Running 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.